uh, what is peace to you? That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about peace. If you got that from the video, probably one of the things that we all strive for, right? I, I'm sure there isn't anybody in here who strives for turmoil, <laughs> who, who strives for difficulty. Yeah, I'm waking up looking forward to the difficulty. No, we all strive for peace. It's, it's in our nature. We want peace. We want peace in our lives. Whatever that represents, we want that peace. But what is peace to us? You know, when you think about peace, think about the things that come to your mind. You know, it could be relaxation. I, I watched a video, I almost played this other video, and it was a man on the street type interview where they were interviewing people, what do you think peace is? You know, what is peace to you? And some of the answers were, were crazy. You know, one, one I did identify with because he said, watching the NFL, Okay, today we can identify with that because it's opening day for God's team, the Denver Broncos. I had to get that on tape for all of you listening online. But, uh, but no, what is peace to us? Answer that. That's an important thing to answer in our own lives. What is peace? Is it no conflict? Perhaps that's what you think peace is. There's no conflict in my life. If I don't have conflict today with somebody else, then I'll have peace. You know, maybe it's a calm. Maybe it's sleep. <laughs> maybe the only time you have peace is when you sleep and you're literally outside of your own mind. Right? So what is peace to you? That's an important thing to answer this morning. But I'm going to suggest to you that peace is none of those things. Because, see, the Bible says we can have peace that passeth all understanding. Right? We can have peace that makes no sense whatsoever. You could be literally walking into a live, active battlefield and be at peace. That's what the Bible says. So peace can't be just sleeping. It can't be just avoiding conflict. It can't just be calm. Why? Because there's peace available even in the storm. Even in the midst of raging storm, there's peace available. Doesn't mean you get it. It's available to us. Right? We have to understand it. We have to go after it. So I'm going to suggest to you that peace is confidence in navigating this life. Peace is confidence in navigating this life. So when you're going through a minefield, if you don't know where the mines are, it's going to be tough to have peace. It's going to be tough to even think that you're going to make it to the other side, right? But what if you had a map of the minefield? What if you knew exactly where all of those were, even so much so that they illuminated themselves and you saw where they were? You could step through this minefield in complete peace, knowing that you knew the direction you were supposed to go. You knew the direction to avoid the very things that would blow your life out of proportion, that would knock you off track. See, that's a confidence in knowing and navigating this life. See, the Bible is that map. The Bible, the Word of God, lays things out for us to where we can know those traps of the enemy. We can know those barriers 
Some that we can avoid, others that we have to go through. You know, there are things that are going to hit you in life where you're just not going to be able to avoid them. Bad things, tough things, barriers in our life. Some that God allows because Satan produces them, perhaps through consequences or anything else, but others that God designs to be in our life. So we have to understand from that there is positive aspect to the negativity, to the trial, to the things we go through. Our whole goal in life is not to avoid the trials, but to go through them with God. Because there's purpose in everything that he does in our life, right? There is purpose. So knowing ultimately things are under his control. Not my control, because if I'm trying to draw my own map of that minefield, I may not get it right. I might might miss one. I might get the big ones, but those little ones can hurt me just as bad. Whereas if I take God's map, the one who knows everything from the beginning to the end, then I'm safer. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's knowing ultimately that things are under his control. That is peace. When we know that he's got us, no matter what. Whatever I'm facing today, he's got me. Because he knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He knows what I need. He ultimately knows, and more than that, he loves me. See, he wants good for me, not bad. So he wants to give me that peace. So I, I want you to turn the main, main uh, uh, scripture we're going to read this morning is in Romans chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. I want you to turn there now. We're going to read through the whole thing, and then we're going to go and back up and, and talk about, you know, break it apart a little bit, talking about peace and what this peace is. So again, Romans 5, 1 through 10, I'm reading out of the ESV, says this. Therefore, verse 1, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, meaning Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Uh Uh-oh, just got confusing, didn't it? We rejoice in our sufferings, verse 3 says. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Or Christ died for sinners. Verse 7, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. 
And then verse 10, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. I don't know about you, but I read that and I just go, wow. Because in those verses is placed the peace of God. The very attitude that we take on that gives us the map. The map of that minefield. Knowing how to, we don't know what's coming at us, but we can know how to handle it. In the word of God. Talking about peace. Now really, in that passage, it breaks peace down to two places. Two different areas of a person's walk with Christ. Two different areas of of salvation specifically. What we see here is peace in two parts of salvation. I want to look at each one of them. Okay, and and before I do that, let me let me explain before for any of you who have not heard me explain this before. When the Bible talks about salvation, it talks about salvation in three parts. And I'm not going to rabbit trail here a little bit. If if you if you're curious about this, see me afterwards or or I can give you information to look this up. But it's basically laid out in three parts. Salvation, when it talks about salvation in the Word of God. One, it talks about our justification. Okay, our justification is is where we have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. That is where we are justified. We're justified before the Father. Two is our sanctification. Our sanctification starts the very next moment after our justification, after we've accepted Christ, and goes until we've breathed our last breath here on earth. That is the time of what's called our sanctification. Our sanctification is really simple. Big word means something very simple. And that is how close in personal relationship we get to Jesus Christ. That's our sanctification. Not what we do for him. Not, well, I'm in ministry and I do this and I do that. I teach and I, I work with the homeless and I do all this stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. Those are fruits of that relationship. But sanctification is that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Where you take that with him. See, he does not force himself on us. Right? It would be so much easier if he did. If he just would treat us like puppets and make no, then he would not get what he wants. He wants love out of this relationship. He wants us to have choices so we would choose him. So our sanctification, again, is that time in our life where we seek in relationship to Jesus Christ. Then the third part we're going to see after this life, and that's the glorification. That is when our lives, once we have been justified and sanctified, we then become glorified. We receive glorified bodies, and we will be with Christ forever. So the one we have to worry about right now, or the, the, we, we worry in this life about justification and sanctification. The glorification comes automatic. That comes later on. That comes after this life. So for the purpose of what we're talking about today, it's those two. Okay, let's look at the first one, justification. Let's read verse 1 again. Therefore, since we have been, what, justified... By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So, for the mere fact that we have accepted him into our hearts. Now remember what justification is. Justification is what Christ did for us completely. Had nothing to do with us. We did not earn our right to heaven. We did not earn that justification by being good people or avoiding being bad people. Had nothing to do with that. Our justification was given freely of Jesus Christ. The only thing we did for it was receive it. We asked and received it. That's all we did. So through that act, through inviting Jesus Christ into our heart to be our Savior, to be our Master, we became justified by His dying on the cross. He shed His blood on the cross to cover our sin. See, before that, the Father couldn't look at us. The Father cannot look at sin. Right? So, once Jesus Christ died on the cross and covered us with his blood, it became a filter for the Father. The Father sees us now, can have a relationship with us now, because he sees us through the filter of Jesus Christ's blood. And that sacrifice that he made on the cross. So that justification, that simple act of asking Jesus Christ into our heart, that gave us peace. That gave us peace with the Father. We were no longer separated from the Father. Right now we have a relationship that we can build through Jesus Christ with the Father. So we, that justification in and of itself brought us peace, brought us eternal peace. There's nothing you can do to lose that. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 say that when we accept Jesus Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit as a seal, as a guarantee. He seals our heart. And the reference there is just like when Caesar had a signet ring. Okay, when, he, when there was a law and he put his signet ring down on the wax and it had his seal, that made it law. It could not be broken. It could not be broken until Caesar himself changed it. Right? That's what's being spoken of in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. The Holy Spirit is given as a seal on our life until we receive our inheritance, which is eternal life. So as long as you breathe this life, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you will never have that changed. Ever. That's our justification. With that, we have peace with God. We will always have peace with God for eternity, knowing that eternity is ours, in heaven with him. Okay, that, that is potentially a future peace when you think about it. Because does that mean that everything gets fixed here on earth? No. <laughs> It'd be nice if it is. But it's not. Because we go through all kinds of junk here on earth, right? Even people looking to do good go through all kinds of stuff here on earth. So the peace that's given through justification, that's a future peace. It gives us access, however, to peace here on earth. See, because we could not have peace on earth without that justification peace. Without having given our heart to Jesus Christ, we cannot even pursue peace through sanctification. 
And that's the next part that we're gonna, that I, I wanna lay out here, cause that's most of what we're gonna be talking about today, is this peace in our sanctification, peace in our everyday life that we can have in Jesus Christ. So, peace according to our sanctification is out of verse 10. Let's read verse 10. It says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. That was referring back to verse 1, the justification, peace that we got through justification. Okay, so again, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we what? Be saved by his life. So what God is saying there is, You've got to understand, as much peace as I gave you in your justification, how much more in his death, Jesus Christ's death, do I offer peace in his life? See, when we develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, that relationship is life. That is life to us. That is where he pours into us. So in this life, we are offered peace past our justification. But how do we access that? Okay, I don't know about you, I've met hundreds and probably thousands of people that are saved, that have been justified in Christ, but that have no peace. They have no peace in their life. They have no understanding of God working in their life day to day. So how do you access that? That, that is such a, such a key thing to figure out as a Christian. How do we access that peace? See, because we can't avoid the turmoil. As a matter of fact, there's one thing I promise you. That when you become saved, there is not a cost to accepting Jesus Christ into your heart. But there's a huge cost in living for him. There's a huge cost. Don't kid yourself. The Christian life, walking in a relationship with Jesus Christ, is the hardest thing you're ever going to do. And that's hard to hear. Why would I want to do it then? Because the rewards are tremendous. It's only through that walk that you can have what we're talking about this morning. That you can have peace in knowing that the direction, the very direction you're walking on is of him. So he begins to build this peace in us. Right? But how do we access, once we've been saved, we've accepted Jesus Christ into our heart, how do we access this peace? How do we do this day by day throughout the course of our lifetime? Okay, let's go back to verse 1. There's a key word in there that has to be present not only in our justification, but in our sanctification. And it's what everything begins with in life. Therefore, since we have been justified by what? By faith. See, it begins with faith. You were saved through faith. Not of works, not what we do. We're saved through faith. So we are also sanctified through faith. We develop relationship with Jesus Christ through faith. Why? Because we can't see him. We have to access him through faith because we have no 
I, I can't look around and, and see him walk in the door. I can't physically sit down and have a cup of coffee with him. When I pray to him, when I hear from him, as I develop that relationship, it has to begin with faith. You cannot move past anything else if there is no faith. Hebrews 11.6, without faith we can't even please him. That's huge. Do you understand that? Without going outside of yourself and trusting in something you cannot see, you can't even please him. There's no pleasure that he takes in you if you are doing life on your own. Even as a Christian. Especially not as a Christian. But even as someone who has accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you cannot please him without this ingredient. Without faith. Faith where you take a step and you don't know where that step's going to take you. You might have an idea because he's promised you something. Or you read in his word different promises. You know, where he says, he that, he that winneth souls is wise. Okay, Lord, I, I know that he that winneth souls is wise. And, and you've presented this person to me that, that I know you want me to witness to them. Okay, but I'm going to take a step of faith in talking to them about you. But I don't know what's going to happen. Right? That's a step of faith. That faith has to be there first. But what do we see then? Faith then gives us access to grace. Verse 2, the first part of verse 2 says this. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Wow. Okay, when you think about it, when you hear grace and you hear teachings on grace, Oftentimes, you know, there, there are two different sides to that. Oftentimes, they talk about grace in part of our justification, salvation. But what it says there is we can walk in his grace every day. His grace is constant as what? As we access it. See, when we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, that grace was automatic. Because he did everything. We did not have to do anything. But as we live our lives and draw closer in relationship, that formula changes, folks. It changes a little bit. We then take on responsibility ourselves for walking toward Jesus Christ. Because he said, draw unto me and I will draw unto you. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to yank you by the shoulder and I'm going to hope you come. He didn't say that. He already did that. He did that by doing everything in our justification. So the grace in the justification is different than the grace in our sanctification. The grace in our sanctification says right here, we can access by faith. So if you can access something, it also means that you may not access something. So if you don't step to him in faith and access that grace, then that grace is not there for you. So you can, have you ever had a time where you hit something really hard in your life, and you, you just cannot get past it, 
and and you you're just you're just trying to figure it out and 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 you're you're almost frustrated that it won't go away okay because you're like lord why why am i in this why am i still dealing with this and you're not taking it away i know you want me to live a good life why aren't you taking this away whether it be sin or or whatever but he tells you right here You've got to access that grace. That grace is not automatic in your life. Beyond justification, His grace is not automatic. You have to access it with faith. Right? You have to go after Him in His Word. Think about it. If, if you were a parent, and many of you are parents, but if you were a parent and you had, you had a child and this child wanted stuff from you but was not willing to come and talk to you about it or build relationship with you over it, how would that make you feel? You know, that's exactly what God looks at with us. See, the Father says, I sent my Son to die on the cross for your sins, and you've accepted Him, and He has poured His grace through your justification all over you. You're covered. You're covered forever. But now you don't come to me. Now you don't put me first. Now you don't come to me with your problems. Come to me with your joys. All you do is wonder where I am when it gets tough. But see, we it, he's up there saying we need to access that grace through faith. What does that mean? Faith that believes that he could take care of that. Faith knowing that he knows the end from the beginning. Faith knowing that I may not have this map for this minefield, but he does. So God, you just tell me where to step. Okay, step forward. Okay, step to the right. Step to the left. By faith, I gain his grace in my daily walk. That then produces peace. When you know he's in control... You can have peace, knowing that I'm not going to step in and mess it up myself. See, that's what Paul's saying here. You can access peace. You can have peace not only in your justification, but you can have peace in your everyday life with Jesus Christ by gaining that grace through faith. You have to believe You have to believe, you have to trust, you have to know his word. See, if you had never seen this, let's say you've never seen anything in the word of God, and you had never seen this, you wouldn't know, right? But see, once you read this and you see a promise, then you have the potential for power. You have the potential to bring him into your life to do something extraordinary, something far beyond you. Something that you can trust in the God of this universe to take hold of, and not you. Man, that, I don't know about you, that's huge to me. That's huge to me because I, I live my life and I see what's in front of me, and I know some people are really gifted to, to sense and see beyond things, and, and me, I, I'm just stuck in these three dimensions plus time. So my access to the Father, my access to Jesus Christ, 
is believing that it's more than what I see. It's believing that his kingdom can be accessed here on earth. Matthew 6.33 We can access him here even though we can't see him. I don't know about you, that's huge. That's huge to me. Because see, for me, there are problems I'll face I can't handle. But there is nothing that I'll face that my God can't handle. Nothing. Because he sees the end from the beginning. And he holds me in his hand. You know, the Bible says that when we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts, Jesus Christ takes us in his hand and he puts us in the palm of his hands. That's the description that it gives. But it doesn't stop there. Because the, the description after that is then you, you have us in the palm of his hands like this. Then the Father comes and puts his hands over Jesus Christ. So we're right in the middle of two sets of hands. And then the Holy Spirit is working all in through there. I don't know about you, that's powerful to me. That's powerful to me. That gives me confidence in knowing that that's the direction he wants me to go. That's the direction I'm going to go. And I'm going to step in faith even though I can't see the end. I know my Father can. And so by faith, I'm going to access his grace which is going to get me from here to there. See, I've shared with you guys, most of you, a lot of the vision of this church. And I know it seems kind of ridiculous that here, here we are, a group of, you know, whatever in a living room, 40 people in a living room. And it's really crazy to think that we are called to a global ministry. Right? We're called to literally reach millions of people. <laughs> there should be more laughs about that one. That, to me, is ridiculous. Right? We're 40 people in a living room, and we're called to be all over the world reaching millions of people. And I'm not talking metaphorically. Maybe, maybe you're, you're taking that metaphorically. I don't believe that metaphorically at all. I know the Bible says, go into all the nations. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the specific calling that God has given ignition church is to be all over the world. See, I can't see the end from the beginning. All I can see is where I am right here. But I know that calling is from God. And I know at least the direction that I take the next step. And I have to access His grace by taking that step of faith. So by faith we started this church. By faith we're going to get into our first building. By faith, we're starting a work in Nigeria in April. By faith, we have started a work down in Mexico. By faith, all these things happen. Why? Because we access His grace through that faith. So believe Him. When He says He wants to do extraordinary things in your life, believe Him. Man, there's nothing more amazing than the fact that he loves us. And he wants to work through us. And it has nothing to do with us deserving that. Oh my goodness. No. It has to do with us willing to take that step. 
willing to access that grace. And it's not just a one-time step, it's an everyday step. Oftentimes it's many times a day. When we're in the thick of something difficult, something that doesn't make sense, God, why is this happening to me? It doesn't make sense. You may have to take that step of faith to access that grace a hundred times that day. It may have to be a constant thing. And you know what? God may keep you in the dark for a while. I know I've been there. I'll be there again. That's part of the Christian life, where we're stepping in faith and we have no clue what we're stepping on or stepping into. We're just trusting Him. You know, how about when, when you're going into school? We, we just started a new school year. For those of you in school, you step into a new school year, you're not sure what to expect, especially if it's a new school to you. Perhaps for those of you who went to high, from high school to college or changed schools, you go into a new school, you're not sure what to expect. You don't know how you're going to be treated. You don't know what God's going to do with you in that school. But what do you do? You step. You step in faith. And you access that grace. God, I don't know what I'm going to face today at school, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take that step step of faith, accessing your grace that you promised, by the way, to get me to the other side. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves a little bit further away from where we started. And we look back, and this is where the Christian life gets exciting to me. I've been saved for 42 years. Okay, this is where it gets exciting to me, is when I've stepped away and I can look back and I can see what he did. See, see, that isn't conjecture anymore. That isn't faith anymore. That's fact. So now I take this step and I'm walking forward and I see what he did behind me in those steps I took and I said, Lord, if you did that, Imagine what you're going to do ahead of me. If you did that and that went in conjunction with your word, you said you said you were going to do this in your word, and wow, I look back and you did it. That gives me what? Peace to keep moving forward. It gives me confidence in moving forward, knowing that he's with me. But see, i got to keep holding his hand. I gotta keep by faith accessing His grace. Because the second I start stepping without trusting Him, without focusing on my relationship with Him, what happens is I find myself out there by myself. And then I look back and see what happened. That God's still back there on the shore. <laughs> I didn't grab His hand as I started to step out here. What went wrong? It's because I didn't access his grace every day. It's because I did not, through faith, trust him to lead me. I started leading myself. That is so easy to do. Especially as young people. That is really easy to do. Why? Because we get in our head what we want. We know the things we want. We've kind of grown up looking at them. 
We've grown up with certain expectations. But see, it's, it's when we trust him and access that faith every day that we get what he wants. Because I can tell you, in 42 years of being saved, there are many times where I made my own steps and then looked back to only to realize that he wasn't leading my path. And what was I missing at that point? I was missing the, the peace. There was no peace in realizing that he, he was no longer directing my path. Right? So to access that peace, or to have that peace, we have to, by faith, access the grace. Grace is unmerited favor, which means favor we don't deserve. So it's not like accessing something because we deserve it. I want to make sure that's clear. Grace is unmerited favor, unearned favor. When we, by faith, access him, it doesn't mean we deserve it. You don't access him like, well, I was pretty good today, so I can access him today. No, it works just the opposite of that. Right? It's unmerited favor. We access him by faith because he lets us. See, if it was a matter of deserving it, nobody would have grace. Even, even it's certainly in our justification, but even in our walk with Christ. We don't deserve him. We don't deserve him to work in our life. Right? So it's, it's not a matter of deserving anything. We receive grace at our justification, but need it in our sanctification. And access doesn't automatically mean that we receive. When you access Christ, right? So it doesn't mean that in your walk with Christ, automatically he's just going to do everything in your life. You have to access it. You have to go after him. You have to build relationship with him. Right? So I, I really want you to get the difference between justification and sanctification. Right? Two completely different pieces of our walk with God. We will never lose our justification. Ever. That is sealed by the Holy Spirit. But does that mean that we will never lose our closeness to God? No. See, our sanctification does depend upon us. It depends upon us drawing close to Christ. And then he draws close to us. We do have a part to play in our sanctification. And that's a really important thing to understand. So, the next one is we rejoice in hope. So we've accessed this grace, and then we rejoice in hope. Let's look at verse 2, just the second part of verse 2. It says, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now what the word there, glory, means is in the illumination of God. Okay, we rejoice in when God is working in our life. That's not just about we rejoice because we know how great God is and that he's out there somewhere. No, we rejoice because we see him active in, in our lives. Have you ever been walking with Christ and you do something you know that he wanted you to do? You take this step of faith and he reveals himself in a huge way to you. You rejoice in that. Right? That, that is probably one of the most amazing feelings in the world. 
That's what he's talking about, rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. See, his manifestation in our life gives us hope. So we rejoice in that hope. I want you to turn to another passage, Jeremiah 29, 11, because we certainly have hope in a future heaven. We have hope to be with Christ one day, you know, as we are justified, right? But it also happens in our walk with Christ. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, or some of your Bibles say good. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. See, we have hope to be useful in this life. We have hope to have joy in this life. It's not just when we go to heaven. There can be joy and peace in this life, every day, having nothing to do with the trials. That's why the peace passeth all understanding. We can have peace no matter what. We can have peace knowing that we're stepping in faith and gaining access to his grace through faith. Every day of our lives, every step that we take. See, Jesus gives us hope that our lives will mean something. How many of you want to have your life mean something? Mean something to Christ, but also mean something to you. Right? I, I don't know anybody that doesn't. See, I want my, my, I want my life to mean something. I want it to mean something to Jesus Christ because I love Him. But you know, I want it to mean something to me too. I want it to mean something that, that I did everything that I could to draw closer to Jesus Christ. That gave me meaning. It doesn't matter my status, and that's not what I'm talking about. I could have the lowliest status in this world for my entire life and still have the highest status with Jesus Christ. See, he plays on a level playing field. He doesn't care about the social barriers in this country or this world. He doesn't care about the financial barriers. He doesn't care about any of that. All he cares about is us drawing close to him. That's why we all have the same opportunity. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. You ever think about the... I think about these people all the time. I think because... For the last five years, we've been going down to Mexico, and we've been working with this Indian tribe down there that is dirt poor. Okay, Chichimeca Indians. We've been working with them. They're dirt poor. They don't have anything. So it would be really easy to think that they don't have the same opportunity we do. But see, in Jesus Christ, they do. They have the same exact opportunity that we do to draw closer to him. To know Him with what they've been given to seek Him with everything that they are. So it's a level playing field in here for all of us. We can all seek Christ in the same way. And Jesus gives us hope that our lives will mean something. So again, His, his hope is that our lives will be for 
good. He plans for our good and not for our evil. So what produces hope? Let's go back to Romans chapter 5. We're talking about this hope. You know, it begins with faith, then we access his grace through that faith. Then we rejoice in the hope that he places before us. But what produces that hope? Verses 3 through 5 explain this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So look at that. Look at that again. Suffering produces endurance. When we suffer in Christ, it's not just about, oh man, I just got to get through this. This is horrible. This is terrible. Do you see that when we suffer in Jesus Christ, there's an end game to that. There is a goal to that. When we suffer, it produces endurance. How many in here are runners? Have you ever run? Okay. When you first started running, I hate running. I played football and that was the thing I hated the most. Let me hit somebody. Don't make me run. <laughs> right? But when I ran, especially at the beginning of the season, when I ran, when I first started running, it's like my body hurt. I was in pain. I couldn't breathe. I, it was ridiculous. Right? But then you do it more and more and more. Your body starts to become accustomed to it. It starts to strengthen your body. It starts to prepare you for doing more. See, that's the same way that suffering produces endurance in us. How many have been through something really tough, but when you're on the other end of it and you've been through it, then you look back and the second time you face that, it's not quite as difficult, right? It's not quite as hard to, to deal with this situation that you've already been through before. You know what to expect and now you're dealing with it again. See, it produces endurance. Jesus needs us to have endurance in our life. We have to have endurance because why? Because we have an enemy. We have someone who hates us. Not someone that looks at us indifferently. Understand, the Bible says Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he can mess with a little bit. Is that what it says? No. It says, seeking whom he may devour. I don't know if you've ever seen a YouTube video of a lion going after a gazelle. They don't just play with it. They devour it. They take every piece apart. They make it inoperable. They rip it apart to where you can't even see that it's a gazelle anymore. That's what the enemy does to us. Or seeks to do to us. See, he wants to rip us apart. He wants to rip our Christian walk apart to the point where there is no recognition that that person is a Christian. That's what the enemy seeks to do. That's what he wants to do. That's why suffering 
produces endurance. Because accessing through faith that peace, that grace, that's how we get through those things. And the more we do that, the more endurance is produced. So what's next then? It says endurance produces character. Man, I wish it weren't this way. It's so much harder. Why can't we just have character when we're born? It'd be so much easier. Why do I have to go through hard things to get character? It's because that's what is the cost. See, your life cost Jesus Christ and the Father everything. It cost Christ his very life. Think about that a second. The creator of the universe, the creator of you and me, made a choice to insert himself into his own creation. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. That's amazing. He did that because that's the only way we could be redeemed. That's the only way that we could be with him for eternity. So that character that we build is meant to point to Jesus Christ. Just as everything in the Word of God points to Jesus Christ, everything in our life should point to Jesus Christ. As we build character, that character is built through suffering, through endurance, but it's all got to be around the Word of God. That's what character is. It's falling in the lines of His principles. It's trusting in who He is. And then as we build this character, what does character produce? Produces hope. Not just hope in one day we will be with him. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I were to die right now, or if I were to die 50 years from now, it doesn't matter. Because one day I will be with him. One day I will be in heaven, hand in hand with Jesus Christ. I have that confidence. Alright, so what is it? that hope is from my justification. I know that. But that's not just the hope that he's talking about. See, I have hope that next week I'll be used for Jesus Christ. I have hope that when I go to Nigeria and, and we start doing things there, I have hope that he is going to use that and build ministry there. See, our hope is a day-to-day thing as well. As we build this character through endurance and suffering, it gives us hope for tomorrow. It gives us hope for this afternoon. It gives us hope for that next step. See, we have hope. That's what it produces every day in our life. I do want to make one point, though. Don't confuse suffering with what Jesus puts in our lives, to suffering because consequence of sin. It doesn't mean that when we sin and we produce conflict in our life, that that's Jesus Christ doing that. Okay, that is a different kind of suffering. That is self-inflicted suffering. All right, And we all do that. Everybody does that. But understand that that's not the suffering the Bible's talking about. 
Now, we can learn from that suffering as well. You know, you do something wrong and you pay a consequence for it, you learn not to do that thing wrong again, right? However, the, the endurance and the character that is built is because of the things that we face because of that enemy, that lion that devours, that's bound to come after us because we love God. That's what's producing the daily hope. So I want to I close with this. Your sanctification will include suffering. Your walk with God will include difficulty. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. Your life, your walk with Christ will include suffering. It has to. We're going to read verses 2 through 4 in James chapter 1. It says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Wow, that sounds kind of like endurance. Kind of like character, doesn't it? Verse 4, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. See, God gives us promises all throughout his word. And we're going to be tested in those things. We're, if, if we have the simple desire of drawing close to Christ, we're going to be tested in that because that's the only way that we can draw close to him. We have to access it through faith. We have to access his grace through that faith. You can't do it any other way. So if you want to draw close to him, if you want to have an effective life for him, rest assured it's going to be a life filled with difficulties. But filled with hope. Filled with learning processes that we build endurance on. Because when you've gone through something tough, and you've gotten through it because of the grace of God, you've built something in your relationship with Him. You've built a trust factor in knowing that He's got you completely. And He'll take care of everything, right? So we need to trust God in His promises. As you walk with him, trust him when he says, take that step of faith. Access his grace through that step of faith. Do it today. As you step out of these walls, see, God has a plan for you out there. And I want to mention this too. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then that does not apply yet. His relationship with you does not apply because we cannot begin to have a relationship with Jesus Christ until we have been covered in his blood, until we have been justified by him. So if you cannot remember a point in your life when you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, that's your issue right now. That's the most critical thing. But when we have accepted Jesus Christ, and we begin to walk with him and develop relationship with him, understand that as you walk out that door, he has purpose for you out there. He has something that he wants you to step into by faith. 
He may bring somebody in your path that he wants you to say hello to, to, to just share Christ's love with. He may have you step into a situation where you have to trust him. You may step into a, a, an argument or, or something even from other Christians this afternoon. That, that all of a sudden you're wondering, what, what in the world? I, I, I was so happy this morning and now I'm in all this turmoil. What happened? He wants you to access his grace by faith. Because that produces endurance. And as we do that, that produces character. And as we produce character, it produces hope. Hope in knowing he has got us every day. He knows the end from the beginning. And we can rest in that. Let's bow our heads for prayer.